0: Here we come blue and
1: white
2: and we're looking good You'll be in for a fight and we fight pretty good Getting goals is our job and we get goals good Looking good, we are Carlisle United
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, the best place to get your car United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney.
3: And I'm Mike Booth.
1: On today's episode, there's a grim mood of despair as we look back on United's defeat to Harrogate, which makes it 12 games without a win the league for the Blues. And we look ahead as informed Walsall make the trip up the M6, looking to pile more misery on Keith Millen's boys. Oh Mike, Hmm. all that optimism we had on the journey back. After exit. Anyone who's listened to our little road trip episode will know we we felt, you know what, you never know, maybe, maybe we just started to turn that corner slightly. And then you see that last night against Harrogate.
3: Yeah. It's not good, is it? No. Although someone said to me, don't be too down when you think of how many southern away trips there are in the National League next year, because we'll only be in there for a year because we be in the National League North <laughs> Yeah.
1: <me. laughs> well, the we'll have Spennymore Town, we'll be at a local derby. Yeah.
3: That's depressing enough of a thought, isn't it? God almighty. Ah,
1: just... I don't know. It's just, it, it just feels like one thing after another and there doesn't seem to be any sense of urgency from the people at the top of Brunton Park. There's no there's no sense of, oh shit, we're in a bad situation here. It's more like, mm. oh, well. It's, it's, it's a shrug of the, shrug. It's, the it's basically, the Brunton Park board is the Alan Patrick shrug gif <laughs> in 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 a human form, that's pretty
3: much yeah. It's uh... but I mean the whole thing because David Holdsworth has famously said now, didn't he, <laughs> that he, he's more concerned about the salt and pepper on his fish and chips or whatever. I mean, I'd first of all, free...
1: We've kind of a free puts pepper on the salt and chips. Well,
3: but... exactly, that's bad enough. But I think that's been taken out of context, and maybe that the case isn't that he's like not worried about his going down. The case is that he's having a full-on meltdown <laughs> and a crisis about his fish and chip situation. Yeah,
1: it may well be that. Teflon Dave, as uh, he shall forever be known. Um, <laughs> let's get into the news. I might just a couple of little bits to say today. Um, first up, ticket details for the Shrewsbury Cup tie. They've been confirmed by the club. Basically, it's, it, it's exactly the same as the Horsham game in terms of the prices. That's about £14 on the day. £16, uh, sorry, £14... In advance, sixteen pound on the day, basically for adults, and all the ones are a bit cheaper. I, so I
3: think it'll be interesting, the attendance for that one. I really do. It's strange because uh, I are
1: playing the league one type, It's not the most glamorous league one type, but you'd still expect an okay attendance. But, I, yeah. I'm I'm teetering on whether even I go. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not one hundred percent whether I can be bothered. No, I
3: th- well I think season ticket holders for league games, they've kind of got the excuse, well I've paid for my ticket, yeah. I've and kind for of got to Ho- go. for but- the Horsham
1: game it was half price because of the first round of the Cups, you get that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you
3: but-, but even then, you know, you're still paying for a ticket, aren't you? And, yeah. you know, last night we weren't far off dipping below 3,000, obviously it's a Tuesday, but... Tuesday yeah.
1: Champions League on end, being in appalling form, it's a... It's a- Recipe for disaster in the sense of crowds, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as I mentioned, obviously, unlike the Horsham game, there's no half-price option for season ticket holders. So whether you want to go and see us up against um, an attack with Ryan Bowen and Sam Cosgrove, I don't <laughs> know. That'll be a, a fun one anyway. But um, only a bit of news. It's actually a bit of sad news. Uh, it's, it's the passing of uh, Joe Laidlaw. Um yeah, Blues legend, Joey's passed away at the age of 71. He was part of the United side that reached the promised land of the First Division in the mid-1970s. And he would go on, actually, to be United's top scorer in the top flight with 12 goals, including a twice-taken penalty in a famous 3-0 win over Everton at Brunton Park. Uh, he began his career at Middlesbrough before signing for United in 1972. And he quickly became a fan's favourite. It was hard-working performances in the midfield and on the wing. He would uh, go on to make 168 appearances at all competitions, scoring 46 goals over four seasons before moving to Doncaster. After leaving Donny, he joined Portsmouth. where he was also a bit of a popular sort of cult legend figure. He was a club captain of their side. I think that won promotion from the old Third Division back then. Um, he later had spells at Hereford and Mansfield Town before retiring and enjoying a brief spell managing in non-league football down south. So, so we uh, we pass on our condolences to his family. Yeah, uh, sad to see another. Name from that famous side uh, passing away. Right, let's move on to the match review then, da, uh, Mike. Sorry. Um, yeah, where do you start? United's barren run in the league continues as they make it twelve games without a win and set a new club record of five consecutive home league fixtures without scoring. As Harrogate run out two nil winners at Britton Park, I mean, well, again, arguably United played better than they have in many games this season. They they just look toothless in attack. Devoid yeah. of any sort of belief or confidence as well. Desperate, desperate times for the Blues, and it's time for those higher up in the club to start fronting up as well. I mean, you you obviously didn't watch this, mate, because you were working, but you did listen on the radio, and, and obviously I heard the radio commentary because I was watching iFollow, and it just wasn't, wasn't great, was it? Let's be honest.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I mean, they seemed quite optimistic, sort of, first half, mm. you know, until we conceded, and it's just sort of, I think... It must be hard for the players psychologically. I know it's easy for us to say, oh, the head's just dropped. But, you know, when it's a case of, oh, here we go again. And Yeah. It's, well, that's, uh, I saw a comment
1: good. from someone, I think it was online, saying that we're playing in a, in a first goal league and we're never, ever capable of getting that first goal. Yeah, that's, the that's, the yeah. that's the problem. That's the problem. We As soon as we go behind, you don't think to yourself, well, we can still get into this. You think to yourself, that's game over.
3: Yeah, exactly. Imagine and and shop. And, and, I, and i feel at home as well i mean I, i'm not knocking anyone for this i'm guilty of this myself but when we can see it at home it's just the feeling around the ground is just here we go again and there isn't that i don't know there's, determination
1: there's, there's only the so long that the fans can lift the players though doing exactly that? that's y- the thing. Y- if it happens again and again and again there's a feeling of well what's the point
3: yeah exactly i mean you know we had it i mean this is going back a good few years now but we've had numerous home games that have sort of been two down at half-time and the crowd have really got behind the players. We've turned it around and won 3-2, but it's just not like that anymore, is it? It's just These players don't have the belief to do that. They don't. No, exactly. Like
1: I mean, they work hard. I'm not doubting that they don't work hard, Mm. but they do not have... There's no belief to go with that hard work. Mm. The amount of times that they sort of... A lot of it's half-hearted. Not so much the challenges, but more the... Playing the passes and and running with it, and, and like mm. that, the amount of times that Lumsden was getting on the commentary, was getting frustrated because mm. Clough was turning back and playing the ball back, and it's like you've played in the Championship, you were a star player in the Championship mm. for Bolton. Where's your belief that mm. can pick up the ball and go right? I'm going to try and thread a, a, a pass here. I'm going to mm. try something. There's nothing there. Never mm. is. Yeah,
3: that's the thing, and. Um, you know, Gibson kind of stands out like a sore thumb because he's the one who's constantly trying to make things happen. Do you know what I mean? And not many others you could say that about.
1: Maybe Dickinson at a push. I mean, I've, I've got mm. that down as a talking point for later. Right, well, let's talk about sort of the, the, the game itself, then, Mike. I mean, when the teams came out, we weren't massively surprised. Basically, no. suspension's injury meant this was more or less, with the exception of maybe Divine for Charters or maybe Divine for Clough. I oh, Charters for Clough. Pretty much the only team you were going to pick with who was fit, wasn't it? Really, yeah. The thing that stands out is when you look at that bench, isn't it? I mean, that's Mm. an inexperienced young bench there, yeah. You're allowing those young lads to come on and actually do something,
3: yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, did we have any like non injured players missing out on the match day squad?
1: I don't think so, no,
3: because Luis Bell came onto the bench, yeah, he's the
1: only one he's missed out. I mean. You'd argue Keelan Leslie, but he's he's a first year pro. He's barely mm. featured, as he really? To be honest, and you'd imagine he'll be gone in the new year, probably. Um, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, there we actually started the game okay. You know, it was a scrappy match early on, and we actually put, could, could have scored when Young hit the angle of post and bar. I mean, it was a smart header. There's not much more he could have done to direct it because it was a sort of black back flicked header rather than an actual. You know, trying to nod it towards goal, he was sort of directing the cross as much as he could towards goal. So, there's an argument. Maybe he should have done better with the follow up, but then maybe Miller got in his way mm. as the ball came in. Then it's one of those it, ones, isn't it? He's got to take these chances.
3: Yeah, definitely. And you know, you take your chances. Harrogate would have to open up a bit more as well. And we're we're not in a position where we can afford to miss chances like that. Certainly. No, certainly not. I mean,
1: bar that really, first half wise, a couple of long range efforts from Gibson where the, the keeper pretty much had them covered. There wasn't really huge concern for them there. And I mean, Harrogate probably came the closest to, to scoring when Muldoon was completely unmarked in the six yard mm. box. And I think he just panicked. I think he was just like, I think he was half expecting the flag to go up, half expecting someone to actually be there to stop him. And he ended up more or less chesting the ball back to Howard who nearly spilled it into the net. He was that surprised. Mm. And and then came the uh, I put down Sucker Punch here, but I suppose it's not really sucker punch because they still had frets and you know they weren't totally out of the game, Harrogate, and it's such a poor goal to concede. You'd have seen mm. the highlights now, haven't you, Mike? I mean, yeah, yeah. Dickinson's got I know he's not a left back really. I mean, you know he's played there in the past, but he's a left winger these days. He's got to be stronger there. He's got yeah. to really believe... It's almost like he's going in for the tackle and he's already got in his mind how he's going to go on the break.
3: Mm.
1: Rather than actually thinking, I just need to take out the man. I need to get the ball of yeah, the man. Yeah. Completely crunch the pair of them and then just get rid of it. Or mm. Something like that in that situation. Instead, he's, he's his brain's half thinking, what can I do to get away? It's like he thinks he's still playing left midfield. Yeah. But actually, he's left back. The lad gets in mm-hmm. and it, it it's a smart finish, to be fair. And it... it what what we could do with a player who could actually do that finish like that because you never get the belief when someone's in the box for us that they're going to finish across the keeper and score like that do you
3: no exactly exactly. Uh, in fact you could argue we had better chances than that yeah than, oh yeah we had much more clear cut chances than both yeah. their goals probably
1: and we'd we mess them up yeah I mean I'm guessing you don't disagree much with the assessment there on the first goal
3: no yeah I think you've covered it uh, obviously it's a Shame the arm is injured and hopefully he's fit again soon because he seemed to have turned a little bit of a corner before um, before that injury at Exeter.
1: Yeah, he's he, he's he's looked a little bit sharper. He looked, I thought he looked all right against Exeter. And mm. It's one of those ones I've not actually watched back the tackle yet, but Millen seems to suggest it was quite a bad tackle on him. It yeah, him well, it wasn't
3: dash. in the highlights, was it? So no. mm.
1: but there you go. Um, actually reacted quite well at half time to be fair they, they came out a lot stronger we actually had a real good go at them we put, put them under pressure but there was always a feeling of are we actually going to get this goal are we going to get back into it I mean mm. Young's got a great chance I mean this this is one of the few good bits that Guy actually did in the game he won the ball back and drove forward from midfield he had Guy on the right and Abrams on the left with hindsight probably Abrams was the better pick because he was even in more space mm. than Young was Young had a defender sort of close to him and they keep bearing down but I can see why guys guy's gone for him because he's a lot nearer and he's pretty much in on goal he's got he didn't get the ball off his feet did he
3: when you look back no. at it but again it's picking the safest option you know it's not having the confidence to maybe go for the slightly more difficult pass that would nearly guarantee a goal you know?
1: Yeah, possibly. I mean, I'm not sure he actually even saw Abraham. I think yeah. his eyes were always on Young because Young was ahead of him and he was screaming with the ball. And you can understand why he's played it. But this is the thing that... Young works hard. He's a real hard worker and I, and I like that about him. And I think he, he could be, he's-, he's probably going to have a pretty decent career. But we've got to remind ourselves he's not much older than Sam Fishburne. Mm. He's 18 years old and we're expecting him to come in and drag us out of trouble. Mm. I don't think that's very fair on him, as much as no. anything. And for him, he's gonna to have to start getting used to thinking, "I've got to get a shot away quickly here. I haven't got time to get out on my feet. I'm just gonna to have to improvise. I'm just going to have to smash it." You try to sort of almost side and side foot and place it. You're not in the under twenty threes anymore. Mm. You're gonna get crunched by goalkeeper. You're gonna get almost like he had,
3: he had too much time to think about it. You know, it it wasn't sort of an instinctive thing. Yeah, for him
1: it's one of those ones, I feel like if he gets a goal he could actually get a few I'm not saying he's going to go and score yeah. 10 or 20 but I think he'd, he'd go on an okay run if he actually got mm. a lead goal but he, it's just not falling for him right now
2: no
1: um, after that two great chances for Clough actually I mean first was some brilliant footwork to skip past a few defenders but it's one of those ones again just just lever it he's mm. trying to place it in the bottom corner and he puts it wide and it, and it, and it looked like it was quite a tight sort of angles fit in if you see what I mean because there was defenders in the way and he had to pick his spot rather than just hitting it and you never know what's going to happen the keeper might palm it and it comes to someone else to finish mm. second one he does the right thing he does the, he does that he actually just takes a touch and just hits it and the keeper just makes a good save because it wasn't anywhere else he could have placed it mm. um, yeah um, and, and then the only other real chance was Dickinson's puts a good ball across the six yard box to um, Fishburne who's sort of just come on and he just couldn't quite get to it. He was he was very mm. Gaza against uh, Germany, wasn't <laughs> it? Not not quite the same. He wasn't quite as close as that. He was a bit behind it. But again, that's one of those ones that Sam will have to get used to because he, he he's got into the right area and he's he's put himself in there. He just needs to be a little bit sharper in that situation.
3: Yeah, yeah definitely. And Fishburn again, you know, I think when he gets one, that might give him a big confidence boost, and yeah, uh, a few more will probably follow.
1: Well, let's talk about the second goal then, Mike. Again, it's just a poor goal, isn't it? Mm. It's just a poor goal all around. I mean, it starts off, you want to take it all the way back. It comes back to, to Clough, mm. where Clough basically plays a ball inside to to guy. It's not a good ball. It's overhit, and there's two or three midfields around guy. And suddenly, Harrigan get the ball. They're away, and Guy's already been booked at this point for a silly booking as well. He, he pushed the player over, and he didn't really need to to try and take a quick free kick. It wasn't that long after the whistle had gone. Really stupid one to get to, to get given. And he can't really make a tackle. He can't like make a you know cheeky mm-hmm. little, I'm going to trip him up here to bring the attack to an end. Danny Devine has a chance to do that. He has a real good chance to do it. He Basically, he's mm-hmm. got the, defen- the, the midfield, the player's getting away, and there's free players unmarked in front of him.
3: Mm.
1: That's where Divine should look and be a bit smarter and go, right, I'm going to haul him down here.
3: Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll get booked, but the chances are I'm going to get subbed at some point anyway. It's fine. Yeah. Just bring him down, bring the attack to an end, regroup, have another go. But he just he just makes a half-hearted attempt and player gets away. Comes again to Thompson on the left. It's a decent effort. I wonder if Howard could maybe hold on to that. I don't know what you think.
3: No, I th- I think you're right. I think our expectations... For what to expect from a goalkeeper after Norman was mm. pretty low, and I think, I think, extra second as well. He could have maybe done a little bit better with. Yeah. I think we've been cutting him a bit of slack because he is a massive, massive improvement on Norman, and you mm. know that that's still the case. But yeah, I think he could have done he could have done better there.
1: Yeah, it's. I just look at it and think it's not the most powerful shot in the world. He sort of spills it. Yes, he pushes it away from. Armstrong, who's sort of waiting to sort of put it in if it comes across goal, mm. but he palmed it straight out into basically to the penalty yeah. spot. And um, Patterson steps up, and again, Guy's a bit slow to react. There, mm. he's just standing watching, really.
3: And considering that guy, guy had a rest on the weekend as well, he he should have been the freshest player on the pitch. I mean, I've
1: I'd, I'd, I'd put it down here for discussion later, but mm. I think he'd be lucky to get three out of ten for that performance. He was mm. that bad. He really, really has not been the same player this season. And mm. after what looked like a, an okay revival against Barrow, he looked like a bit more like the player we expected. He, he's, mm. he's back to a, this as he's been all season against Haringey. Mm. Really was for me. Um, yeah, probably lucky it wasn't. Then made free. Armstrong had a good chance where McDonald did the right thing and sort of shielded the ball and Wheeler just stood off and Armstrong nipped in, got away and. In the end, Mellow got a good block in to, to get a corner. Um, after that, you've got one last chance where Clough plays a good ball to the far post. And McDonald does the right thing, actually. heads it back across goal. I think on the live commentary, it's, it's difficult for Colin and uh, Lummy to actually judge. But McDonald does the right thing because there's a defender and a, the keeper at the, the post. So getting it in there is going to be difficult. He heads it back across. It comes to Whelan and Whelan he just tries to sort of power it straight rather than actually just sort of flicking it and glancing mm. it. And it would have gone in at the far post. He, he heads it straight and it's straight at the keeper in the end. And the keeper doesn't really have to make too difficult a to save. And and yeah, that that was pretty much it. Um, I can't see where the next win's coming, Mike. I don't know about you. I just no.
3: can't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair, we have just had two very tough games and, We've got some kind of uh, distractions in the cup coming up, haven't we? Um, the, the problem is, you say
1: two tough games, but in both of those games, those decent teams were not at their best. They were not on no. the races really. I mean, look, look at Exeter midweek. Yeah. Colchester batted them three-one.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and and even when teams are not at their best, we don't look capable beating I them. That that in itself is a real
3: yeah. real worry.
1: That's when you should think. That's when you should be right. We're not great this season, but we can take a chance here. We can nick ourselves a 1-0 win or something like that. Yeah. Do we look like that? Not in the slightest. No.
3: Not in the slightest. But I mean, you know, both Exeter and Harrogate are, you know, playoff uh, slash top three sides. So, you know, whereas, you know, Walsall are a little bit more, you know, they're more mid-table, aren't they? So that would be... Look at the form table. They're sixth in the form table. Last, Last six
1: games, they've only lost one of the last nine.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they're moving um, the table.
1: I mean, after that, you got Mansfield, or well, Mansfield, they're eighth yeah. in the form table.
3: I know. I mean, I, I said it at the time we could really, really, really regret not doing better against Scunthorpe and Oldham at home yeah. because they're they our two easiest games of the season.
1: There's a strong argument that we really are the poorest team in the division. I know this sounds yeah. a stupid thing to say, but you know, sometimes you have teams that have you know, bad runs or false things, but really. We're just not being good enough for quite mm. a while now. And, and even when we play the poor teams, we look second best against them. Mm. We scabbed draws against those two teams. We scabbed draws that we did yeah. not deserve to get a point in either of those games. We, we, we no. were absolutely awful in them. Mm. I mean, I mean if, if you look, like I said, you look at that, obviously, you've got Mancy on next, and then you've got Stevenage. By the time mm. we play Stevenage, they'll have a new manager in. Mm. I'd fancy them to have a, a new manager bounce more than we've had. Yeah, yeah. We're four games in, and we have got one point out of it. Potentially, that's mm. going to be one point out of fifteen of the weekend.
3: Yeah, and uh, you know it's all good and well. People saying, "Oh, you know, just get an experienced striker in in January, and you know, an experienced defender." They're going to be wanting new players as well. <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. it's not just us. Whether or not Oldham can, I don't know, uh, given their situation. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really, really not looking good.
1: Yeah, it's it, it, it's a lethal combination right now with we've got a side that's both devoid in quality and totally lacking in confidence. Mm. You, you, if you're lacking in quality, but you've got a bit of confidence about you, you might be able to scab a and there. You might be able mm. to, you know, battle your way to a 1-0 win and just work hard and
3: mm.
1: boot your way. But they'd never look like they believe they're going to do that.
3: No, exactly.
1: And that, that there's a real issue. I and to be fair, Millen picked up on this in his post-match interview. He said there's a real problem in the mentality of the squad right now. Mm. they've got a losing mentality and they can't shake that off. Mm, exactly. That's 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 the terrifying thing about all this. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the manager, I mean, we don't want to be too critical on him so far, but we have four games in, we have only got one point out of it. Yeah. The, cup, the cup games are irrelevant. They, they really are irrelevant in all this. They they, they don't mean anything for me. The, the Peter Trophy one, why people got so excited about that, <sighs> I don't know. It just mm. baffles me. Um And the Horsham one, well, we were lucky. We were lucky Mm. that Young managed to come on and get a goal in that game. Yeah, four points and one. Now, there's an interesting thing. It's the guy, I think it's uh, Dr. Steven Peters. Now, he's the guy, he's the psychology guy that Brendan Rodgers uses and Carlo Ancelotti uses and a lot of stuff like that. I think he's, he's always said that if your manager hasn't turned things around within his first 10 games, you might as well sack him. Because mm. he's never going to turn it around. It's a waste of time carrying on. Well, ten games takes Millen up to the Salford game just before New Year. Mm. If we I, I know everyone says about you know we can bring plays in January, but if we're not turning it around by then, if we're not even showing any sign of turning it round, you'd have you you potentially going to have to start seriously considering that. We could have a ridiculous situation, and, and it's. But I, don't I mean, know what you
3: do for me. I mean, we could have any manager in the world right now, and I think they would struggle to turn it around with these players. Mm. Um, you know, there's just... its Leadership is what we're desperate for. I mean, you know, when Paul Simpson took charge of us and we were basically down and out, the players that he brought in were all leaders, all experienced heads, and they were exactly what we needed. And that's what we need this time. And my concern is that Millen his contacts might be more on the lines of young loanees and not mm. experienced lower league yeah. hard nuts. Do you know what I mean?
1: That that, that That's a big concern. And, and the thing is, well, you've got to remember, but the football landscape at this level is so much more different to what it was mm. in 2003, 2004. Oh, yeah. Because you've got transfer windows now. Back then, mm. you didn't. Mm. You could bring in a Kevin Gray. You could bring in a Kevin Henderson, mm. a Paul Arneson, and an Andy Priest. Um I'm trying to think of else we brought in. We brought loads of players. That, that's something, didn't we? I mean... Yeah, all those kinds of plays, uh, uh, even a Peter Duffield, people like that. You can bring in these experienced heads anytime, really, either on short term loans or permanently. Even mm. now, you've got to wait till January pretty much for every player that's any good. Yeah, and are they going to want to come all the way up to Carlisle? It's like was saying on the radio, actually. A lot of players, as much as it sounds ridiculous, to people will probably prefer to go to Barrow because mm. their, their training base is in, in Manchester.
3: Well, that's the thing. I mean, our, our location has always been a factor, but you look at our location and you look at our league position and it's a double whammy. We're going whammy to pay of, a
1: premium to convince anybody to come it, in. I think even exactly. that, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah. I really, really do. Oh, I just, just everything about it at the moment is just not great. I mean, talking about individual players there, Mike. Um, I mean, I thought defensively, McDonald and Whelan were actually not too bad. Played okay, kept them fairly quiet. But I mean, McDonald won pretty much everything in the air all night. But I mean, it's okay to do that, and then you concede a couple of scrappy goals. But then if your tax not doing anything, you're knackered mm. at you. I mean, mm. I think a lot of people got far too excited about Danny Devine's performance in that Peter Cup game. There's mm. a lot of people like demanding you be put in the first team. And I think, I don't think Milan actually helped in that sense with how he he spoke about his performance in that game. He, he bigged it up quite a lot. You yeah, could maybe temper that and said look you know he's had a good game but it's his first one back and it's in a it's not in the intensity of a league game or something like that, that that's yeah the way you should it. well
3: that's the thing well Lumsden said on the radio last night he had like loads of time on the ball in that cup game and you yeah. don't you don't get that in league games
1: yeah we, we, we are it, it, sometimes when you watch games it feels like the opposition have got one extra man that's mm. how slow we are on the ball at times when there's no intensity there with it and I, I, the number of times Divine actually got turned by the number sixteen for I think it was the number sixteen for them. Mm. It was embarrassing, and, and you just think he's he doesn't. I mean, fair play, he's he's come back from a few injuries, so he maybe he's not going to be up to the pace. But we need people up to the pace now. Mm. That's the problem. We we haven't got time for people to to work on their their match fitness in no. first team games. We just haven't. Mm. I I've mentioned it before, but Callum Guy was lucky. Be lucky if he gets three out of ten for that performance. Mm. He was he was so poor. And, I don't think he's captain material. The more and more I watch it, I just don't see it. And Mm. I think it's one thing Miller could do. It might upset people. And maybe it's one of those things he needs to do to upset a few people. Mm. You say to Callum, I'm sorry, I'm going to take the captaincy off you.
3: Mm.
1: You can prove to me that I was wrong to take the captaincy off you. Play like a leader in the team. That's what you should say. Mm. And and this is the thing. You get an experience heading in January and give them the captaincy.
3: Mm.
1: But you're going to have
3: to. I mean, for me, with both Guy and Devine, is Taylor Charters has always looked to put a shift in whenever he's played. I'm a I'm a big fan of Taylor Charters and I, I think, what are they doing to get a game ahead of Charters?
1: It's one of those ones I do wonder if it's it is just that lack of experience and, that, and they don't want to put the pressure on him. But While he lacks experience, it's getting, so it's, getting to, it's getting to the point now, you might as well. You, yeah, you may exactly. as well just play him because the rest of them aren't doing any better. And Is actually, he, I feel like he he's a bit braver on the ball. He uses the ball a bit better when he has it. He yeah. he doesn't look backwards as much as as Devine does say. So yeah, I mean, I, I that, wouldn't that, be
3: against it. That's the thing. I mean, I feel when he first broke through, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing for him, but he was often always trying to get an assist or always trying to trying to create something. Which, as a centre mid, you don't always have to do that. Um, and like I say, it's not necessarily a bad thing but I feel like more recently he's learned to just sort of maybe pay, play a sideways pass here, here and there and just keep hold of the ball um, and you know he'll always work his socks off for the team which you can't say about some other players uh,
1: no no that's fair enough um, I've put out Zach Luff here. I mean he mm. signing in the summer but he's just not been up to it has he so far mm. and his little flashes last night but a player of his quality, a player who's played at championship level, he was it, sold for three million pounds. Should be dominating games at this level. Yeah, Clear, clearly he's not the same player he was back then. Now that's that's no. fairly obvious now. And we probably got too overexcited, didn't we, about him in the summer? That's that's probably a, a fair yeah. assessment. And, and he, he's not—is he up to the rough and tumble of League Two? I don't think he
3: is. No, I, I think he's one of them. Maybe we would be better at League One level than League Two level. But
1: but then, but then Wigan bombed him off. <laughs> they didn't keep him. They could have well,
3: done. Well, yeah, but he'd had his, his injuries, hadn't he, as well. But, uh, I mean, both him and Abrams, who obviously we'll talk about next, um, two-year deals, aren't they? So,
1: Stopping them at the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, Abrams, he, he's, he's tried hard over the last couple of games, but he sort of slipped back into his bad habits in the second half in this game. There's a couple of loose touches, and they're not really trying to chase down after that. He's just not good enough. He's just not good mm. enough. He's not EFL level for me. There's a, there's a reason why Newport didn't really make an effort to keep him. Mm. There's a reason why Leighton on weren't that fussed about Simon him permanently after he went on loan there last season. Mm. It is he's, he, he's, he, he's just not good enough. I, I genuinely think he's one of those ones that come January, if I was in Milan, I'd be saying to him, look, if you want to find yourself a club down south, mm. knock yourself out. We won't stand in your way. Move on.
3: I'd imagine as well, between them, Abrams and Clough are on a decent wage because they were snapped up relatively early in the in the window as well. I mean,
1: I've got I've got to ask some questions here about something that, that Beach said in the summer when we signed him. We said we signed him because, you know, we we tried to sign him the previous summer, but he stayed at Newport and, you know, he's, he's a player who's got a, you know, good finishing. I oh, haven't really seen that so far. <laughs> strength, a little bit of strength, I'll give him that. Pace, that's the one that gets me every time. Mm. Where's this Pace. Mm. He's not fast at all. Mm. He looks like he's running through a treacle while towing a caravan half the time.
3: Yeah, I mean when you compare yeah. it to the the pace that like Patrick say had last season. Yeah, you know, different it's, game, isn't it's it?
1: Day and night, isn't it?
3: It's
1: it's mm. he's he's like the amount of times he, he's getting beaten by defenders footballs, balls. You think you should at least be challenging for that? It's infuriating. Mm. It just really is. I the only other ones I've picked out here in terms of the. Um, individual performance. Gibson and Dickinson, at least they're trying to create something. At least they put some decent balls into the box. At least they mm. look like they're potentially, they've, there's something there. But they can't do it all on their own. And Gibson no. as well. He, the amount of time he felt like he had to keep coming looking for the ball. Mm. It it just, it just isn't good enough. I mean, I, I, I originally I thought we needed two three experienced heads in January. I, I think I'd probably say near a five or six now i think I think you can probably tell at least l- at least half a dozen of that squad you can leave in january mm no no qualms about it. Find a club you can go mm and and would would you would you be bothered if most of those players went in january
3: No, not no, really. really maybe wouldn't.
1: Gibson maybe maybe Dickinson at a push but even he's not really been that outstanding Joe mm. Riley fishburn that's about it mm. and to the rest. Good luck to you.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: But yeah, so we need to spend money in January, basically, because it's the only way we're going to get players
3: in. But how how much do we have to spend is is the question. Well, there should be money to spend. It'll mm. well, be funny, it should, but be, yeah.
1: we've built up up enough money in the last couple of years, and it's easy to say, oh, we've got this rainy day money and stuff. And, and, you know, yes, we I know the, the money from Brantwate has covered the COVID losses and stuff, but mm. we've made the best part of half a million pounds this summer, signing mm. players. But well, mm. frankly, you need to spend a bit of that and get some good players in. Or yeah, you're going to I lose mean, a hell of a lot more if you go down to the National
3: League. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the question isn't, can we afford to sign you know, some experienced players? The question is, can we afford not to? Um, and yeah. we absolutely yeah. can't.
1: Which which brings us on to our old friend Teflon Dave, the milk-train man mm. himself, David Halsworth. By all accounts, I wasn't at the game. I had to watch it on High Follow. He slinked out early last night. And he's uh, continuing to take the coward's option of uh, remaining silent.
3: To be fair, though, his shift delivering milk tray started at mm. half nine. So he yeah. had to, he, had, he did have to get off early.
1: Had to get off early and get his, uh, his fresh turtleneck on, didn't he? I mean, he, he just infuriates me, this man. Everything about him infuriates me. I mean, he, the fact that he's remained silent since Millen's been appointed. He's remained. He's literally only made one comment when Millen's appointed a couple before, didn't he? mm he's basically he's not fronting up to the fact that we're struggling he made that comment about not worrying about relegation which mm. looks inc- like so crass now mm. it's crass and it's, it's just stupid mm. the amount of absolute rubbish that comes out of his mouth I mean the <laughs> fact that he said he genuinely believed our squad was stronger than last season
3: yeah
1: I mean he didn't even have to all he has to say is say, look you know it's been a tough market this summer we still think we've got a, a squad that's competitive if he'd said that, I think people would have probably cut him more slack, but he had to go for the, the Billy Big Bollocks answer and say it was better than last season because mm. he wants to be shown to be the person who's... I mean, he claims all he does is sell sort of the contracts, which, I mean, other people at the club can easily do. He's not a director of football. He's basically no. just a failed non-league manager who's riding on the coattails of his mate, mm. essentially. That's what it is. Exactly. It's, 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 a, it's a joke. Mm. It's, it's, it's the fact that he you know, he bangs up, oh, I made this money for the club and stuff like that. Brilliant. Well, hang on. What good is it doing us right now? As a mm. club, competitive on the pitch, we look a mess.
3: Mm. The crap. I but, mean... But he's saying he made the money for the club. I mean, you know, it was Speech who identified a lot of these players. Mm. And if, say, Clibbins did the negotiating the contracts that Holdsworth done, you I mean, know... Like, like, not...
1: Let me remind you that we all know that Nigel Clibbins was the one who was involved when Sam, Sam Cosgrove went to to Aberdeen. Yeah. Despite the fact that he in, was, he? he'd signed a pre-contract, mm. we got a decent selling clause in there. Mm. Mm. That's another exactly. 200 grand we've made, by the way, this summer.
3: We should, we should exactly. So, so trying to take the credit for that himself, when, like I say, if Clip, if that was Clippins' job, we would have probably made be. the same amount. Yeah, he'd be more than anyway. capable of doing it. It's yeah.
1: ridiculous. He's done that job as a chief executive at, at mm. Huddersfield. Mm. Farcical. That he takes the credit for it. I mean, he, it oh, just every, The sooner he's gone, the better, quite frankly.
3: Yeah. It, it terrifies well,
1: me to think that if, if Day supposedly takes over, presuming that's what happened, no one, no one seems to have a clue, no one tells us what's going on, we're all, you know, the, the trust are about as much use as a chocolate fireguard. Mm. You know, the, we don't know what's going on, but if he takes over, then he genuinely thinks someone like Holdsworth is the man to run the club, and that that worries mm. me. Mm. That really worries me, because he's shown no interest in the club as it stands anyway, Day,
3: mm.
1: to then stick him in charge.
3: But my, my concern as well is, you know, with the uh, Dean Henderson situation is if he goes and we get a decent cut of money, I don't trust this lot with that with that kind of money. You know, we were saying at Exeter, you know, they're investing in new training facilities, this, that, and the other. I'd like to, I'd, I, I'd I'd like do, to think... I don't know what to do with it.
1: I'd like to think that the best thing that the owners could do if that money just come in, let's say, let's say by some miracle, Newcastle buy Dean Henderson for £50 million pounds in, mm. in January, right? Let's say we were due... of that that's 5 million pounds take the 2 million pounds that's out to pure EWM whatever you call them give them it and just tell them to F off Mm. and tell Holsworth, thanks very much we're going in another direction Mm. bin him off as well start again and then actually put the club up for sale and say look the debt's cleared there's no debt in this club now Mm. who's going to come in and buy it
3: yeah Make Your million sure you is 130 odd million on Friday. Is it? Wow! We're we're just get you know, yeah. If anyone, if everyone listening can get a ticket, you know, maybe one of us will. <laughs> yeah, we'll you win.
1: never know. You never know. We've oh, ranted for far longer than I intended to that game, right, Mike? Yeah. Just, just everything. Just I just feel angry about it. I'm not yeah. even going to the game on Saturday, and I just, you know, I'm not bothered. <laughs> that's, mm. how it, that's how that's bad it is. Mm. Right. Anyway, let's have a little break now, then, Mike, and then we'll uh, we'll discuss the Walsall game.
0: Hi, this is George Tanner. You are listening to the Brunton Bugle. Oh, George.
1: Oh, that's depressing, isn't it? To think. Yo. Did
3: you did you press that button on purpose? Yeah, I put that one on
1: purpose uh, just, okay. to make a, just to make a point. But there you okay. go. Um, right, so there we're into the second half of the show, and as usual, it's the previous section, and it's sponsored by the Carl United Supporters Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Carl United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East, and up in Cumbria as well. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events and supporters' games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the previous section this season, too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their, car, at their website, carlondonbranch.org. There you go, Mike. So uh, up next, we've got the catching up with the opposition section, and this week we spoke to Tom from the One Pod Beyond podcast ahead of this weekend's game at Brunner Park. Uh, topics covered include how Matt Taylor has settled in as Walsall boss after a slow start, why the Saddlers have stagnated so much since coming down to League Two, uh, when will the social club at the Bescott Stadium open again, and uh, any fond memories they might have of David Hallsworth because we don't have any fond ones ourselves. <laughs> so there you go. So here's the chat I had with Tom. Tom, thanks for giving up your time to speak to us today about all things Walsall. Uh, let's get straight into it. So, I mean, you guys have now been back in League 2 for what, I think three seasons now? You are really getting 2019 after 12 seasons in League 1. But you seem to, up until now, you seem to have really stagnated at this level. What, Why has that been the case?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think um, a, a few um, managerial appointments... Um, where um we you know we we appointed Daryl clark when we came into league 2 everyone thought that was a, a good appointment mm. um he was probably the, he, he was our favorite for the job on the podcast um a lot of uh, fans were behind that appointment his record at bristol rovers seemed seemed really good um but it just didn't work out for him um and as you say we sort of um we we stagnated um it wasn't helped um, obviously, by the pandemic, and then yeah. um, he had to um, he had to sell a couple of our um, best players in the January transfer window. Um, um, Emmanuel Adebayo, who, um who is now um, at um, Luton, um, mm-hmm. doing really well in the Championship. Um, so we lost our, our main goal threat, and then of course soon after that, um, Clark jumped ship himself to uh, to Port Vale. Um, who coincidentally we played um last night. Um and I think there was a big reset at the club basically. I think Lee Pomnett, who had only been in charge um as chairman um, you know, post that relegation, um, taking over from Jeff Bonso, who'd been there for, you know, decades. Um and I think you know it it probably he probably underestimated the size of the task. Yeah. Um and, and employing such a sort of um you know um E- egotistical uh, shall we say manager as Clark probably wasn't the best idea um, and I think he sort of um, was a bit you know had his fingers burnt um, bought into Clark and then Clark let him down by jumping ship as soon as things started going badly um, and there's been a real reset since then we've got um, Jamie Fullerton in um, as um, uh, director of football and um, along with Matt Taylor who's come in, in his first sort of role as a as a manager um, he came from uh, the under 23s at Tottenham um, and you know there are, there are slowly signs this season that we that we're turning the ship around um, and you know I think at the moment most fans are a little bit more optimistic than they were sort of seven or eight games ago
1: yeah it, it just seems that things have started to pick up I mean just just coming back obviously to the, the bit of other the relegation stuff Um there was a few sort of off the field issues at your club, wasn't there in, in recent years? I seem to remember. I don't know the full details, but I've seen from there were some issues in relation to the ground as well and things like that. And I mean, what, one question a lot of our fans have been asking every time they've been down to the Best Stadium in recent years is, "What's happened to the social club? Because we always used to love going in there before games, but it's been closed for a while now."
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the social club's are, uh, a, a strange story. It was sort mm. of um, taken over by um, a group of West Brom fans um who um i mean i'll have to be careful what i say but um <laughs> un- under their stewardship um it didn't go well shall we say and effectively yeah. the club had to um you know take over control of it again effectively shut it and I think now it's going to take a lot of money to get it back up and yeah. running. So, you know, it, it's probably not a priority yet. It's, no. um, it, you know, a, a lot of fans um, miss it. Although for home fans, certainly there is um, there is still a, a facility in the big stand um, and also yeah. in the um, in the main stand as well. Um, but yeah, for visiting supporters, um, I, I can understand how that is a big miss.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, you he mentioned they had a bit of a slow start to the season under taylor but it seems things have really picked up in, in the last month or so don't they how has actually uh, he sailed into the job as boss it's obviously his first full time role isn't it he came from was it tottenham under 18s i seem to think he was he was at last
2: yeah it was the tottenham under 21s or one of one of the ah, youth teams okay. at tottenham anyway yeah um so yeah, his first job in management, um things uh, didn't start brilliantly. I mean, we were really struggling um to keep clean sheets, but we've got five clean sheets in the last eight games now. And that seems to be the way he's building, you know. Um I think we've won our last four away games, um which doesn't bode well for you on um Saturday. We seem to like playing away um at the moment, you know, a great one 0 win um, on Tuesday night against Port Vale um, and our old manager Daryl Clark, yeah. um, and it, it seems to be built on you know a really strong back four getting a goal and then defending that lead. We're much worse if we go a goal down. You know, chasing a game um, seems to expose our, our limitations, but defending defending a lead, we're absolutely fine.
1: You've got nothing to worry about this weekend. <laughs> then, based on the way we're playing at the moment scoring goals is is well i think it's five home games in a row now that we haven't managed to score right. in the league so I, if you can get if you can get one up I, I i wouldn't i'd get the deck chairs out <laughs> that's yeah. the way we're playing this season um who would you say the, the key men in your squad that we need to to look out for i mean i we had a lookout before and i think george miller's someone who always impresses in the past but he's creating sort of stagnate in, in a weird way when he was at um Borough and Barnsley, but seems to be picking up with you guys. And obviously, Connor Wilkinson was excellent last season at Orient, but he hasn't quite hit the same heights for you yet, has he?
2: No, I mean he, he struggled with injury. To be honest, he's had a couple mm. of different injuries, um but he's he's a really interesting player. Sort of sits on the wing. um You would imagine he would be a sort of you know with his build, he'd be a target man, but yeah. that's not his game at all. He you know he sits on the right wing. Comes inside and loves to beat a goalkeeper at their near post. He's all about getting a shot off unexpectedly. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Wilkinson's done okay. Miller's done well, although he's going through a bit of a drought at the moment. It's six Mm -hmm. games without a goal. And, you know, he's asked to play that lone front man role, which can occasionally um, seem to frustrate him a little bit. But he will absolutely run all day for you. Um, And then we've got three players. In behind him, who can um, score goals as well? So, um, yeah, it's um, probably the stars at the moment are the two centre halves, uh, Manny Monthe, who most lower division um, fans yeah. will know from his time at, uh, at Tranmere and various other clubs, um, and he's partnered with Roland Meniesi, who we've we've actually got on loan from Mansfield, who which was a decision that baffled a lot of Walsall fans. He's probably been our best defender this season so far um, and everyone's praying that he doesn't get um, recalled in January but um, but yeah, um, they're, they're two players to, to watch out for, they've been absolute rocks at the back recently.
1: That's well, quite interesting that because you, you've also got obviously, Ash Taylor that you said in the summer didn't you as well and, um, and Matt Sadler's been around the, the block for quite while. Well. so the fact that those two are your main centre-backs uh, shows you've got strength and depth in that position as well.
2: Yeah, I mean Sadler hasn't really played at all unless it's been in the sort of mm. um you know Papa John's trophy games yeah. um he he's much more of a of a coach these days. Ah, okay. Um although he helped out a lot last season when we were struggling with injuries at, at center half. Um and Taylor hasn't played at all um following uh-huh. a sort of um or, or very rarely following a disastrous game at Hartlepool where um he was sort of almost single-handedly responsible for us um, losing the game. So, um, yeah, Taylor was one of our more heralded summer signings, but mm. um, has sort of disappeared onto the bench um, recently. Yes. And Monthay and many um, S have made made the two centre-half spots their own.
1: And one other signing that stood out to me that you made in the summer was uh, from Newport, Josh Laberdy. Uh How's he getting on? Because he, he's a player who's had his discipline problems in the past, I think it's fair to say, uh, at, at other clubs. But he's one of those players you always look and think, Oh, he'd be an absolute nuisance to play against, wouldn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's already been suspended twice. <laughs> well, um, there you go. Yeah, he he got sent off at Bradford, which he could, you know, consider himself slightly unfortunate for. Uh-huh. Um and then accrued um five yellows quite quite quickly after that, coming back from that suspension. So um was suspended against Harrogate when we which coincidentally is the yeah. one game in the or perhaps not coincidentally, the the one game in the last um, eight or nine that we haven't managed to w- uh, win or draw. So um, Labadie's a class act, basically. I mean, he's a leader. He's what we've been mm. crying out for. And, he, you know, there's an element of the dark arts about him as well. Oh, yeah. he, he winds opposition players up. He winds opposition fans up. Um, and he just loves being involved in everything, basically. <laughs> um, and he, he sort of makes us tick this season, um, which is something we've definitely been missing. Yeah. Before we get
1: on to prediction for this weekend, Tom, uh, I've got to ask you about uh, a man who's not too popular at our club. He had a short loan spell with you. Do you have any memories of David Holdsworth from his time at your club?
2: I have absolutely no memories of David Holdsworth. Let, let's what, leave it <laughs> at that then. Let's leave it at that. The less
1: said about that man, the better. Um, well, let's get on to the predictions then, Tom. Uh, I mean, we're not confident about this one, <laughs> but I don't know how you feel about it.
2: I mean, it, it's interesting. Like I say, um, we've won our last four away games. Mm. Um, we're not conceding many goals at the moment. Um, so, uh, I mean, I would have to go for our favourite 1-0 um, line at the moment. Um, I think if we get our noses in front, then um, we just don't look like conceding at the moment.
1: Well, we don't look like scoring. So I think that's a perfect mix for you guys. I think it's fair to say this weekend. Tom, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, no problem. All the best.
1: Thanks again, to Tom, for giving up his time to speak to us. Uh, things picking up really for Walsall at the moment, aren't they, Mike? they yeah. uh, finding finding a little bit of form just at the at the right time, really, after that slow yeah. start. Uh, so let's get on to this weekend's game. Uh, first up, let's talk about the officials. Uh, this weekend, the referee is Scott Oldham from Lancashire. Lancashire, sorry, Lancaster, Lancashire. Uh, it's Oldham's fifth season as a EFL referee, and he's taken charge of 18 games so far this season. He's very card happy. He's handed out 47 bookings and two red cards. Uh, he last took charge of United for the 3-2 home defeat to Tranmere Rovers last season. Uh, there was only one player actually booked in that game, though, for enough. That was Tranmere's Paul Lewis. Uh, one other thing to note is that uh, one of the assistant referees this season is Joe Simpson. Uh, that's Paul Simpson's son. So there you go. So mm. Joe Simpson's going to be one of the officials this weekend. I think the other uh, official, Ivan Stankovic, might be the famous uh, assistant referee who was caught wearing his uh, work shoes do you remember him on the oh, touchline? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might be the one. Yeah, basically, he left mm. his boots, so basically wore a pair of smart shoes instead on the touchline, mm. which technically wasn't against the rules, apparently. So mm. uh, there you go. Uh, okay, let's do the history section now. So uh, Classic Clash. I'm going back a whole... I'm trying to work some my head now. 26 years. We're going back to the 94-95 season. We always should go back to this season, I think. <laughs> a game that many saw actually at the time as a title-decider in March. Uh, Warsaw travelled up to Burton Park, hot on United's heels at the top of third division table, and uh, they actually took a first half lead in this game. Across from the right was nodded down, and Kevin Wilson. He was he was quite. A, I was watching back some highlights from other games just to try and get an idea what the best game to pick was. He always seems to score against us, Kevin Wilson. He had a real habit of doing it. I think in the nineties, mm. um, and yeah, he uh, smashed a, a low shot in from the penalty spot. Uh, United's only real first half chance was a volley from David Reed, which was well saved. And it looked like the unbeaten home record, which stretched back 14 games. God almighty. Thinking out we can't score in five games. <laughs> and back then, we 14 games into the season, we hadn't lost at home yet. Mm. Mad. It looked like it was about to come to an end, but then it was a bit of a crazy 15 minutes. I remember this game because I went to this game with my mate Graham and his dad took us. And I would have been, trying to work this off the top of my head, I would have been 10 at this point. Yeah, just turned 10 a month earlier. Um, and we were sat up in the, I think we would have been in the. what is now the Platinum... Uh, sweet you know the pakistan the E stand, mm. or the d stand one of the two i think it might be the d actually and we sat there and we had to leave early because we were going back to meet uh graham's mum in town and get drive back well i don't know why we had to leave early it it's just one of those <laughs> ones we decided to we're parked on the other side of town so it wouldn't have affected us but anyway we were just about to leave on the 75 minute mark and we started to go downstairs suddenly we had the crowd get excited ran back up the stairs watch at the top of the stairs as a uh, Jeff Forbes slotted the ball through for Reeves, and uh, and yeah, he made a, a a really a sort of smart finish across the keeper. Re- really good uh, goal. Uh, crowd was going mad. And then right at the end, we we, we were walking back to the car by this point. Uh, the Referee was ready to play full time, and Reeves played a one-two on the edge of the box with David Curry, and then he fired a low shot into the bottom corner to drag a, a, a dramatic late winner. Yeah, so. Uh, Fantastic stuff, really. That game was. It. We'll put the YouTube highlights up of this one. Um, it's on Jeff Jackson's channel if you haven't done already. I mean, look at the team. Mm. Oh, it's depressing, isn't it? Cake. Yeah. In nets and your back four with Edmonton Walling, Mountfield, Gallimore. What we'd give for a back four that good now. Yeah, I know. Oh. And um, midfield was uh, Steve Hayward, who came off for uh, Jeff Thorpe, uh, Warren Aspinall, Paul Conway, uh, Richard Prograss, and then attack Curry and Reeves. I mean, God. Like, mm. That team would wipe the floor this one, <laughs> you know, for yeah. heart as much as anything. Someone oh, like yeah. a Richard Procas in there mm. bundling in. And actually something I, I forgot to mention when we are doing the review section is it's quite infuriating how much poorer we're on set pieces now this season. Not just mm. the quality, the delivery was awful against well, Hargate. Mm. But as well as that, you never feel like anyone's going to score from them. You if don't we, have a Hayden in there. No, or there's better. no, like,
3: desire to attack it, you no. know, like... I mean, like Kev Gray back in the day would like run through a brick wall to get on the yeah. end of a corner sometimes, and yeah, we just don't have that at all, do we? No, we don't. We just don't.
1: Okay, let's get onto the uh, play for both section, uh, Mike. Um, there's not as many. It's surprised actually that the number we've got here is probably about the same as Exeter. I thought it'd be a bit more, but the, but there you go. So uh, Dan's uh, picked out one of those players,
0: and uh, here is what he's got sent to us. They both uh, Played for both this week I'm going to go back in time for once Instead of one of the more recent ones And it's a player who was actually born Close to Walsall in West Bromwich And he, he actually started his career At West Bromwich When he was in his early 20s I am of course talking about Jimmy Whitehouse <laughs> Couldn't have to deal with one of him now He had a year at West Brom Didn't really happen Then he uh, he made a short move to Walsall Where he did okay Uh to move to rochdale where it started to take off for him but it was it was in the early 50s when he uh joined carlisle and uh he basically scored a goal every two games which is a cracking record but when you think he scored 100 goals in 200 games that's even better i mean yes i know there was a lot more goals in games back then but (laughs) What would he do for someone like that now? And uh, he sadly he passed away approximately 15 years ago, but he uh, he had a good. I think he was about 80, 81 when he passed away, but he was certainly one of uh, one of the first sort of true icons at the club. So yeah, that's Jimmy Whitehouse. to so played for both.
1: There you go. He's gone for a bit of an older mm. one for once, instead of a uh, someone fairly recent. Uh, let's go through the full list then, Mike. Uh, like I said, there's not many to do this time. Uh, John Allen, not Johnny Allen. There's two Johnny Allens or John Allens that have actually played for the Blues. This one played in like something like 1908 or something like that. Very very early, pre-league. Cal United. Uh, this is the one I thought he might pick, but he didn't. see. got Aronaldi. He had a brilliant spell at Warsaw, didn't yeah. he? Mm, and loved at both brilliant clubs. Brilliant spell with us as well, yeah. Yeah, loved it, loved by both sets of fans. Alan Ashman, he actually managed both clubs rather than uh and played for both, but uh not quite so successful in his spell managing um, Walsall for one season. Paul Boatine, he had a, a bit of a spell at uh, Walsall. Mm. Obviously, started his career. Was never quite fulfilled his potential due to some horrendous injuries that he suffered. Sadly, uh, Martin Britton. Now, he's got the honour of being a one-game wonder, not just for us, but also <laughs> for Walsall and also for Newcastle United. How about that? Eh? One-game wonder at three different clubs.
3: Didn't he play in the Europa League for Newcastle? Or did I completely imagine that.
1: He, he, if he did, then he technically probably isn't a, a one-game wonder then, maybe, uh, because he might okay. play the Europa League and a league game. Mm. In terms of league games, he's very much a one-game wonder for all three clubs. Mm. Uh, Andy Cook, he had a, a fairly decent spell in uh, League One. with uh, all, In fact, was it in League Two? I can't remember with Walsall basically mm. a few years ago. Uh, another cook Jordan Cook he had some time uh, at the Best Bescott Stadium Matty Freyer began his career at Walsall mm. joined us in fact he joined us on loan didn't he in that yeah, season from Walsall from mm. Walsall the, the 2003-04 season only played I think about 6 or 7 games something but he had a mm. big impact didn't he even you could see he was mm. going to have a good career couldn't you at that point I mean mm. I, back then Walsall would have been a championship club I think so it's probably yeah, quite similar so. to when we got Coyote on loan from from yeah. Rotherham in that sense so uh, yeah, Matty Friot is uh, uh, a blast from the past. Mark <laughs> Antoine Gabra- Gabarsin, or Marco Gabarsin, mm. um, only played, I think he played two games for us, didn't he, I think, Gabarsin? I can't remember possibly. I think he might be played
3: what? once in the FA Cup at Torquay. Yeah, honestly. I think what, maybe, yeah. it might be been the only game,
1: actually, you might be right on that one. Mm. So there you go, Marco Gabarsin, um, if he had a longer spell at Walsall, did okay there, I think, and then obviously ended up uh, leaving. Uh, Anthony Gerrard, I forget he had a spell at Walsall, mm. actually. Again, what we do for a player like him right now? Yeah. Someone who just doesn't take any nonsense and just deals with it, basically. He just gets mm. on with the game. Uh, Mark Gillespie, obviously left the Blues to go to mm. to Walsall. Uh, doing all right for himself now. Third choice keeper at uh, Newcastle. United. In fact, he might even be fourth choice, but he's, he's getting his chance right now. Um, Kevin Harper. Remember mm. him, Mike? <laughs>
3: yeah, and Neil MacDonald.
1: Neil MacDonald. He was, he was a good little player, actually, wasn't he? He was one of those ones yeah. who would love to sign permanently, but... His wage was just too much, I think, at that mm. point. Carl um, Hawley began his career at Walsall. Never made it there. Certainly did it for us. <laughs> uh, I've put this one in as a little joke. David Hallsworth. Uh, less said about him, the better. Uh, never played for us, but he, you know, he's, he's certainly uh, enjoying himself right now. Kevin Hurst. He, he had a, at some time at uh, the best scots. Bobby mm. Hutchinson was a player who was with us in the late 80s, I think. Big jabbo. Yeah. Oh. God, what would we do for a player like Jabba right now as well? Uh, uh, Matthew Manset, yeah, he was the one. Remember, everyone got very excited about, and never, never <laughs> quite hit the height. You, he
3: had like one sub appearance where he completely changed the game. I Yeovil, wasn't it? Else. He absolutely yeah. bossed it.
1: He, he didn't score; it was an own goal in that game, wasn't it? But he, yeah, mm. interesting one. Uh, Colin Methven, um, he had some time there. Derek Mountfield, uh, Danny Naysbit, Jason, I mean, Jason Price. Just invoke the Jason Price role any time with any club. Pretty much he played for them, probably. Mm. Uh, Mark Prudhoe. Paul Simpson. He had a loan spell there. I think from Wolves, possibly. Mm. Uh, before he went to Rochdale. Uh, oh, so it's Blackpool, sorry. Um, Grant Smith. Ray Train. Hayden White. And obviously, previously mentioned Jimmy Whitehouse. Right, let's get on to the actual uh, current Walsall team then, Mike. Um in terms of head-to-head, we've, uh, we've played them... 61 times in our history uh, 19 wins 19 draws and 23 wins for the Sadlers. uh I mentioned sort of earlier that they're side kind of flattered to deceive a bit haven't they in recent seasons mm. they've never really been in danger of going down but they've also sort of struggled to make a dent in the playoffs but it looks mm. like they might start be finally starting to wake up this season especially the way they've recovered in, in recent weeks haven't they
3: mm. yeah definitely Uh yeah, I mean, I've always sort of seen them as similar in stature to us. Yeah, in a lot of ways. The disadvantage
1: um, they've got is they've got big clubs nearby, haven't they? But that's also yeah. an advantage in a weird way.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, but chalk and cheese to how they've been run, clearly. But well, I think yeah. they've got. I
1: mean, they have a few off the field issues they have done in in the past
3: years, but I don't mm. know how, how bad they are now in that
1: sense. But um, but yeah, I mean. They're actually quite well placed in that sense, aren't they, with those big clubs nearby. It's actually pick off a few loan players from some of the mm. the bigger clubs, your Wolves, your West Broms, your Birmingham Cities, your Aston Villa. So they do pick up a few decent loan players down there. Mm. And they actually produce a few of their own, don't they? Troy Deeney began his yeah. career at Walsall. And mm. Rico Henry, who's you know, tearing it up with Brentford in the Premier League now, he began his career with with uh, Walsall as well. Carl so Hawley
3: as well came through that Carl youth Hawley, system.
1: Carl Hawley, of course he did. They've always been one of the ones. I, I don't know if they still are, but they were always in the same... Uh, youth alliance league weren't they as us, and they're mm-hmm. always a team that did really well, especially when Deed Smith was the youth team manager. Mm-hmm. Actually, he, he made a really big impact in that role, um, for them, and I think that that sort of set them in instead over recent years, hasn't it? Um, the manager, Matt Taylor, uh, no, I have not accidentally left the details in from last week's running order. Mm-hmm. For the second week in a row, we're facing up against a manager called Matt Taylor. This one, of course, is the former West Ham, Portsmouth and Bolton Wonders midfielder. He was famed for scoring some spectacular long-range goals and free kicks, wasn't he, Mike? I mm, back yeah. in the day, I remember that one he scored, was it? I can't remember who it was against, it was for Portsmouth. It
3: like the Portsmouth. halfway line volley, wasn't
1: it? I basically, he just sat up and he just said, I'm going to have a go in." He just yeah, smashed yeah. it over the keeper. The, there was another one where he, I think he got Premier League goal of the month against Sunderland. Mm. similar circumstances with a long range effort and he's got a few free kicks obviously as well and mm. uh, yeah it's, it's his first full-time uh, management job he previously had a short spell as caretaker at Swin in Town then he was player coach with the Robins for a bit but his last role was actually under 18's coach at Tottenham Hotspur and he started off a bit slowly in the hot seat but he seems to be finding his feet and he, he's an interesting appointment isn't he he's one of those ones you look at and think well that's an interesting one the kind mm. of thing you, I would have liked us to have done at some point recently but we haven't really done that have we mm. yeah Frustrating. Uh, Starman, I've picked out George Miller. Um, he was a summer sa- loan signing from Barnsley. He's a former Bury and uh, Middlesbrough player, and he's cre- he sort of struggled to live up to the early promise shown at the Shakers, hasn't he? Cause I remember he was always a player He was a real fawn on our side for Bury, I'm sure, as well, wasn't he, back mm. in the day? I he's only been a good player. Yeah. But he, he he's moved to Middlesbrough, never really worked out. He's, he joined Barnsley, and again, there he struggled to really get into the first team, but he settled in quite well into this loan spell after... Uh, uh, Apache loans well with Scunfart last season, but this season mm. he's got seven goals in, uh, I think it's 13 appearances now. So um, he's certainly one that we'll have to keep an eye on. Um, looking through the squad, Mike, I've picked out some key squad members, but is there any in there particularly that you, you've noticed that caught your eye?
3: Yeah, I mean, looking at it, they have a lot of kind of what we need. Mm. You know, um, players like Matt Sadler, uh, he's getting on a bit, but proper experienced centre-back. Stephen Ward, Mm. loads of experience at like championship level hasn't he um, Josh Labadi.
1: well the thing is with him he, he's an absolute pain in the ass, isn't he yeah and, and, he, and he can be a bit of a liability in terms of his temperament
3: and his discipline but that is exactly what we need right but now yeah you just need someone
1: who's going to be a bit yeah. of a nutter then He's going to probably mm. in, in the dressing room be grabbing plays by the scuff of the neck and saying what the hell yeah. are you doing why are you not Doing mm. this and that, and that—that's mm. what you're absolutely right. That's exactly mm. the kind of player we need in a weird way. Yeah, he's yeah. not someone I probably would have ever wanted us to sign in the past, but no, yeah, you know, <laughs> desperate times mean desperate measures, don't they? I suppose in that sense. And
3: yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean,
1: um, the, look at the ones you have picked. You're right with those ones. I, I picked up Ash Taylor as well. I thought he was a player yeah. we could have gone for really.
3: Yeah, he looked sky. really good at Tranmere a few years ago, and yeah. then he went north of the border, didn't he? And sort of Did faded okay, didn't okay, a little didn't bit.
1: I think yeah. at first but he faded, didn't he? And he's. Yeah, he's come back down now uh, to to Warsaw and he's, he's he's doing all right by all accounts. I mean you're looking attack. I mean Connor Wilkinson, he was one of the star men at uh Leonori last season. He scored that goal, didn't he, in the game where they beat us one nil. Mm. And um and he's not quite hit the same heights with uh Warsaw yet, but I think he's been more of a sort of almost like a target. I mean he's been used as the player to you know, for players to play mm. off a bit more, players like Miller. Um, and obviously, they signed Otis Carls. well, actually, not too long ago, didn't they? And he's played, actually, we nearly signed a few times in the past. And mm. He's one I've always liked, a lively little winger. And yeah, it's just when you look through the squad, that it, it's a, it's actually quite a decent mix, isn't it? Of yeah. experience and youth. And as we mentioned, they always bring good young players through at Walsall. So mm. they're, they're quite comfortable in that sense. And someone actually we didn't mention there, Hayden White. Mm. He is their... Um, their right back, isn't he, or one of their right backs? At least if they've mm. got Zach Mills as well, who another good player at this level. So, mm. so yeah, I think Mills
3: can play at centre back as well. I think. I think he can, yeah, but
2: I
1: suspect yeah. you probably might like to see you know Sadler and Taylor playing there potentially. Mm. I guess, and, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's 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 certainly a squad. where you look at it, you look, it looks more robust than ours. Let's just say, I think it's fair yeah, to say, definitely. I mean, in terms of current form, I mentioned it before, but they're sixth in the current form table. Yeah. Um, in the last six games their records one drawn one lost drawn one um, that defeat came against Harrogate funnily enough <laughs> um, mm. they've uh, and that, that's the only game they've lost in the last nine matches and mm. that's lifted them up the table now and they are I think they're the 11th at the moment at the table possibly I think uh, yes they're 11th in the table yeah. five points away from the playoffs uh, Sutton United in that final playoff place right now that shows how far we've dropped doesn't it really but there yeah. you go um Let's get on to United then now, Mike. Injury-wise, it looks like Lewis is going to have a lengthy spell on the sidelines, which, I mean, when we need an experience in the team, it's probably the last thing we want really, isn't it? Mm. To have someone like him out for a long period. It looks like he's uh, picked up a foot injury that's going to ruin him out for a while. Um, Joe Riley still struggling to shake off his foot injury and Jack Armour missed the midweek game against Harrogate, just that gash on his leg, I'm in mean, hope that's not one that's going to be long-term, and That and he can recover quickly from that one.
3: Gashes are generally not a long-term Yeah, it's one of those ones that's quite is.
1: sore at first, isn't it? And it's mm. tough but once it's it's gone, you, you, you're back at it, aren't you? And I, as well as obviously something I have been put in the running body, but uh, Jimmy Turi's back from his loan, but by all accounts he's probably not going to be back for a bit as well, probably. Mm. Um, and then obviously we mentioned before, Norman Jensen and Dixon remain out of action as well, and John Bellish he, he served the second game of his three-match ban, and um, this won't actually include the Lincoln game, I don't think, in the in the Peter Trophy, because that's a separate suspension thing, isn't it? I think, mm, I, think I have a feeling. So. I seem to remember because West Ham had an issue with a player being booked in two games and then being suspended in that competition, and I think that's why they got mm. kicked out. So, um, so yeah, he's going to miss the Shrewsbury Cup game as well, which means he won't be back till the Mansfield game. You probably just play him in that pizza game now just to mm. just to to use him, but there you go. Um what do you do now, Mike? In terms of like if you keep Millen what do you do for this game? Because Well you've got no options. Can really. we really make
3: changes? It, 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 no. I, I, just I mean fullbacks basically it's it's gotta be Dickinson and Mellow, hasn't it, based purely yeah. on injuries. Um centre backs, to be honest, since uh, Millen's come in McDonald and um, Whelan, Whelan have, have looked all right. Like, what 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 difference is? I mean, your only
1: choices are Diniz, which mean, it's like clearly not good enough. And no. Feeney, well, what difference yeah. is Feeney actually going to make to that defence in comparison? Mm. I, d- I don't see going to make any massive, huge difference to the to the overall way the team plays.
3: No, I mean one thing that I have noticed with Feeney when he plays is he's a talker. Uh, uh, which you know we could, the, maybe the, could do with
1: the only option I can see is maybe do you push Wheeling into midfield? Yeah, and and put Feeney at centre back and drop one of Divine or Guy.
3: Yeah, potentially.
1: But then if you do that, you think well, why don't you just stick Charters in there? He's an actual midfielder. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's that's the only or, thing you think.
3: Or both stick Wheeling and uh, <laughs> Charters which, in midfield. Together. If you start
1: doing that, then you basically might as well just go back to the old Tom Bola days of yeah. the girls team selections is pointless. Midfield, uh, again, what do you do? I mean, Gibson's going to have to start on the the right, definitely. Mm. Do you maybe bring in charters for either Clough or Divine, maybe? Mm. Maybe you can push Clough into the middle and just tell him just go and dictate play there. I, I almost wondered, do, do you change formation? Do you, do you move from 4 4 to. I know it's made mm. it a bit more solid, but it's not created enough going forward. No. Do you maybe just go, right, we're going to go back to 4 mm. We're going to pack the midfield, basically. And I mean, In terms of midfield, you just stick charters, guy, and. I don't know, maybe you do push Whelan into there and go, right, mm. we're just going to make it a bit more robust in there. Mm. And then up front, I'd probably play Fishbird. Mm. Uh, it's, it's desperate. It, it shows you how far we fall. We're relying on an 18-year-old kid, but you might as well just try something different. Mm. Let him Absolutely. have a start up there. yeah, And then stick Gibson on one wing and Take your pick, who you put on the other. Yeah, <laughs> Seriously, well, exactly. spin the tombola if you have to. That, yeah. That's genuinely what the, the the point you're getting to. Mm. That's how desperate things are. I mean, Lewis Bell got himself onto the bench uh, the other night, obviously because mm. he was the last remaining fit player who hadn't featured. That's mm. another thing I've got to pick Halsworth up on. He banged on about how great Lewis Bell was, how what a brilliant mm. talent we've got, and how you know. I'm not funny if, and not this is not me criticising Lewis Bell, by the way. You know, it's not fair really on the expectations that's being dumped on him if he's as good as Holdsworth said he is why mm. is he not making even the bench mm. why is he not getting on and getting games exactly if he's that good he should be involved mm. and if he isn't that good shut your mouth Holdsworth and stop talking <laughs> nonsense and building players mm. up to be what they're not
3: mm. exactly
1: just because exactly. you want to basically get him flogged to make us sub- mm. an extra bit of money
3: I think that's exactly you what it was yeah it's, it's embarrassing
1: it's embarrassing mm. like I said like, you've got no other options Basically, no. You basically, we know what the the is going to be because that's mm. all we've got. Mm. So basically you're just moving those bits around and trying to find something. Do you go free at the back even maybe and tighten things up big time? I don't know. Play Gibson in the centre and just give him a little bit more of a free roll than the other two.
3: Yeah, you know, maybe sort of Dickinson is more of a wing back than a than a full back. Uh, yeah. Could be an option, yeah.
1: And then basically, I don't know, do you, you then bring in... Feeney go, yeah, three at the back with those three. Mm. I know it didn't work against Hartlepool, but just if, you, if it gets to the point now, you've got to try something different, I think. Yeah, definitely. This is one where we've got we've got to get three points. If we don't we we're in deep trouble, I think, and we're, we're really in, def- in danger of being cut adrift from Yeah. The
3: pack. Mm, definitely.
1: <sighs> right, well let's get on to predictions then, Mike. We've we've blabbered on long enough, I think. Um First up. Uh, Dan sent his predictions from his sun lounger So here's what Dan had to say
0: Hola from Tenerife Uh, It's 24 degrees So I'm fully looking forward to being back in time For the uh, Walsall game When it'll probably be about 3 degrees (sighs) Our luck's got to change Hasn't it So I'm going to go For a 2-1 win Uh, I'm going to go Clough to redeem himself After a bit of a poor performance midweek and i want to go for the fish to get the winner late on like we're due a good 90th minute winner aren't we so 2-1 yeah. to us wow okay
1: there you go there's a Dan ever the optimist Mike what are you going to go for I'm
3: going to go for 1-0 uh, with Dickinson on the score sheet for us okay very
1: really blunt to the point uh, mm. I'm going to do a first here I'm going to go for a 2-1 loss oh 2-1 loss um Young to get the goal, probably an you know, own goal. To be honest, it probably won't even be one of our players that scores it. Mm. But yeah, that that's our I feel. I don't I don't feel confident we're going to win it. I'm not. As no. I mentioned before, I'm not actually going to the game after the. Basically, I'm going to a gig that was supposed to take place a year and a half ago, but obviously got rearranged due to COVID. And I probably, could, it's in Edinburgh, so I probably could have done it and gone straight up to Edinburgh after mm. the ga- game and gone to the gig, but can't be bothered. Hmm. I'm going with a mate and, he, and he's not really that fussed on United, so I I don't think he'd be pretty happy about having to go to watch that match before so. he <laughs> so there you go uh, no. <laughs> glad to see you two are still optimists. but I'm going, for, I'm going for a 2-1 defeat and I'm hoping that I'll, I'll be the one that helps break the uh, break the cycle by going yeah. for that and it being an actual win probably and be a draw now crossed. 0-0 draw no no look.
3: well I mean we're at the point where like I mean a draw wouldn't be a bad result
1: but we need wins, you know. We just need to scab 1-0 wins every, mm. as often as we can and just defend like hell after that. Um, mm. Okay, let's go to the x section. Obviously, Dan normally does this, but he's away, so uh, I'll pick it up. Uh, goals and cards. Yeah, this week, um, no red cards or y- anything like that. Um, but Paddy Madden, he scored a brace at the weekend in Stockport County's 2-1 win over Woking. Oh, that's what I keep seeing names like Woking and stuff like that. It makes me think, oh God, that's where we're going to be going next yeah. season, isn't it, at this rate? Um, Adam Campbell he scored gatehead two in get, sorry in gatehead's two one win over Spennymoor Town there in the playoffs in the National League North mm. could be playing there as well could be playing Charlie you never know mm. um, Tom Lawrence he scored a brace in Derby surprise 3 two win over Bournemouth um, and finally in terms of goals we've got to mention this, give this a good mention this one haven't we Mike mm. Cole Stockton scored a ninety fourth minute winner from the halfway line in Morecambe's two one Lancashire derby win over Fleetwood Town. If you have not seen this goal, go and find it. Just search Cole Stockton on on um, Twitter or whatever, or even, you know, look on YouTube for more official highlights. Because oh my word, what mm. a goal
3: this is! It's, it's, I mean, obviously the shot was very good, but like his strength to yeah. sort of shake off the man before he took it on. Where was that Cole Stockton? <laughs> it's for, it's for so us? annoying.
1: Every every time he scores, I get a little bit more simmering rage of like,
3: yeah. why the hell didn't you do that for us, you little? Shit? Because, um, because I mean, to be fair, I haven't really seen anyone saying, "Oh, I can't believe Carlisle let him go" kind of thing like we have with other players.
1: Yeah, because we know how bad he was for us. He was, just, he
3: was absolutely awful for us. But yeah,
1: I it just, it just, I mean, it, it's a, it's a thing is, it's a brilliant finish because one, it only goes just under the crossbar, so he put it in the perfect spot. Mm. The keeper's well off his line, but the keeper's getting nowhere near it because he hit it so well. Yeah, and he he doesn't really have time to think about it. He just it's he just turns and then goes. It's like he's had a look and seeing the keepers off his line for it. If I can turn quickly here and get a shot off, I can score.
3: But that that so is a stri- that is a striker playing with confidence, isn't playing it? with confidence
1: you know? and and intelligence. Mm. And you don't see that with our strike force. What no. like you'd give for a Cole Stockton like that with us now?
3: Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. Anyway, uh, in terms of other news, there's quite a few bits actually this week. Uh, Clinton Hill, he's left Hartlepool United already after forty-one days. He's uh, he's joined uh, Dave Challoner in moving down to Stopport County to take on the role as assistant manager for him there. Um, Keith Curl, this one broke today, actually. Keith Curl has left his role as Oldham manager by mutual consent alongside assistant Colin West after just eight months in charge. Apparently, they're looking for the 10th manager since that fella took over at um, Oldham Athletic.
3: In 2018, that was. so. That's just... Yeah.
1: I mean, it's one of those ones... It's... I, I hate it when our club, you know, our owners all say, oh, we could be buried, we could be Darlington, we could be whatever. But there is a little bit of me that goes, we could be Oldham.
3: Mm.
1: But at the same time, we're down there with Oldham so we can't really crow yeah. about it. <laughs> if we're being honest with, mm. you know, that, that's a, that's the reality of it. Um, Danny Livesey, he's in caretaker charge at Chester FC. They uh, mm. let go of their joint managers early today, didn't they? Um, yeah. Interesting stuff. I hope Danny does well there. Um, Marcus Jewhurst, who was obviously on loan last season, he's joined Boston United on loan. Uh, it's a difficult one for being a young keeper, isn't it, really? Because you, you often have to just drop down to the non-league level just to get games, don't you? Premier, yeah, or, and, or and
3: that's the thing phone. as well. Young keepers, they're going to make mistakes. Any young player is going to make mistakes, but yeah. keepers, them mistakes are going to cost you games, and it's, yeah. it's hard to sort of get a good run in, in a side if you're making mistakes
1: yeah. as a keeper it's sad really it's one of those ones where if we if we built up a decent relationship there we probably could have got marcus back this season but mm. i think beach screwed that over with
3: the way play <laughs> up front
1: yeah possibly <laughs> possibly i no, was just thinking obviously when we want Jensen in the summer but there you go mm. um and just a last little bit i mean this is just a little bit of speculation here but chris beach is the favorite for the fleetwood job after simon grayson departed from that role earlier today
3: yeah, but I mean, it's day one bookies odds, isn't it? So it is, it's... it
1: is. But they were keen on him in January. And, you know, he, he might just argue, well, look, you know, what could I do? I had you know a bit of finance taken from me at Carlisle, you know. Mm. I had a director of football who was interfering or something like that. That's all <laughs> he has to say. And maybe they go, well, fair enough, we'll give you a chance. Mm. Local lad as well. Won't be on a won't be a massive wage. Mm. I'm just hoping because, one, it'll take his wage off our books. Because I have no doubt we're probably just still paying him rather than paying him up. Mm. It's the cheapest option for any club to do these days and two there's every chance he might come and take some of the dross off us <laughs> to, to, to Fleetwood come January with any luck so there you go that's uh, that's the end of today's episode Mike Uh thanks once again to our sponsors of London Branch uh, remember you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a review as well any any good podcast app Acast Spotify Apple Podcasts, Google podcasts uh iHeartRadio, radio things like that basically just search button on Google click subscribe and every time a new episode comes out it will go straight into your inbox, um, and obviously you can follow us on social media, at Brunton Bugle on Twitter uh, search for Brunton Bugle on Facebook, we're there as well, we're also on the Be Just Fair Not Facebook group, and on the net message board, and you can email us if you want to go the old fashioned way, bugle at com. in terms of upcoming episodes, uh, at the moment the only one we've got firmly penciled in is the FA Cup preview next week um, hoping to get an old friend of mine on to, to discuss that cause I've got a friend who's a shoes that I've, I haven't seen for years because we haven't played them for years <laughs> so uh, it would be good to catch up with Dale possibly for that um, but yeah and the state of the club one we we really do need to do that because it's, it's getting to the point now where I think we're all simmering I think it's yeah. actually been quite a good thing that we've left it a little bit because we're all starting to get a little bit more angry about it and yeah yeah, I think it, it'd be an interesting one, that one won't it Mike mm. Um Hope springs the tunnel though, doesn't it? Hopefully we can get three points at the weekend and start to turn things around. I mean I'm not yeah. that confident. So frustrating after that exit the game though, isn't it? Because we we both came away from that thinking, you know what, maybe, just maybe, if we keep working hard like this and getting up teams, you never know. Yeah. But but it's just exposed just to how toothless we are, isn't it? Yeah,
3: game. it really has.
1: Oh well. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh thanks once again, Mike, for joining me and uh up the blues.
3: Up the blues. <laughs>